Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your body goes through many changes during pregnancy, and while we all know these changes are necessary for the growth and development of your baby, it's sometimes hard to look past the weight gain and swollen ankles and temporary skin conditions. So how do you overcome feelings of doubt and insecurity and instead focus on having the healthiest pregnancy possible? I'm Lindsay Senevic, registered dietitian and eating disorder and family nutrition specialist, and today we're exploring having a healthy body image during pregnancy. This is Preggy Pals, episode 86. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise. What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit. I've got cankles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Sunny Galt. Thanks to all the members of our Preggy Pals Club, our members get exclusive content such as bonus interviews after each episode, plus transcripts from each show and special giveaways and discounts from our partners. For more information, visit our website, preggypals.com. If you do not live in the San Diego area where we record our shows, but you would like to be a panelist on Preggy Pals, you can still participate through our virtual panelist program. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter for a sneak peek of the questions we'll be exploring during our shows. If you are on Twitter, use hashtag PreggyPalsVP. VP stands for virtual panelist. And you can submit your comments for a chance to be on the show. You can also ask our expert questions that way. So it's a great way to get involved. And we're also going to select one lucky winner to win a free membership to the Preggy Pals Club. So if you're interested in that, that's a great way to save some money. Okay, so let's meet some of the panelists here that are joining us here in the studio. I'm going to start with Annie. Annie, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Annie. I'm 35 years old. My uh, occupation, I'm a a contracted uh, instructor for the military. Um, I don't have a due date. I just had my baby Yay! five days ago. So, baby girl, that was a surprise. Although and she's I, here in the room because she she's the- a newborn. She's sleeping. Yes. <laughs> so I have uh, my newborn, uh, Stella, and then uh, my two other children, Lucy, who is one, and uh, Clara, who is eight. Okay, and Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel Harris. I'm 27, and my occupation is stay-at-home mom during the day, placenta encapsulation specialist, and childbirth educator. I have a little boy, Levi, who's 17 months, and a daughter, Galilee, who just turned five. What cute names! Thank I love you that. so much. So cute. Um, and Lindsay, do you want to say a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm Lindsay. Uh, I'm a dietitian in uh, the San Diego area, and at the end of the day, I help women heal their relationship with uh, food and their bodies, and I also help them to help their families do the same. So important, especially during pregnancy. This is such a great topic. I'm really excited for today. Well, ladies, thank you for joining us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, so before we get started with today's show, you guys heard from Annie a little bit in the beginning, and she just had her baby girl, Stella, who is here in the studio. And we do have a segment on Preggy Pals called Five Minute Birth Stories, where in five minutes or less, we try to give the highlights, because I know a lot happens during birth. Um, We can't give all of the details, but at least some of the highlights um, from our birth. And so since Annie has been a panelist on the show in the past, and she's also taking over as host at Preggy Pals here shortly, Um, I thought you guys would all get a kick out of hearing her birth story. So, Annie, tell us a little bit about you've had a busy last week. I have, (laughs) yes. So this is baby number three, my birth story for baby Stella, although it was uh, unknown the gender uh, here until the birth. So, uh, again, my third baby, uh, my first was a planned hospital birth, uh, which was fine, although I knew I wanted something different with my second. My second was a planned home birth and we needed to transfer into the hospital at the very end. So uh, going again for the home birth for number three, went through childbirth education um, and really took care of myself throughout my pregnancy. My husband was deployed for a majority of my pregnancy. So I was really hoping that he would be able to make it home in time. Uh, he came home from his deployment when I was 38 weeks pregnant and was having just prodromal labor for a few weeks and went over my due date and uh, still no baby. So uh, he had his change of command. He assumed command um, of a minesweeper at Point Loma. And uh, so it was really, really rainy and kind of a crappy day. Um, And I was able to make it and I was very happy the baby had not come. That evening when we got home, uh, sent home the babysitter about an hour after that, the contraction started. Uh, regular pattern. They didn't stop. So uh, called my birth photographer, called my doula, uh, who ended up, uh, she had the flu. And uh, so she had to call. And so it was was so sad because, you know, we had to have a great relationship. Uh, As it turned out, the backup uh, that she had selected was, uh, I'm I'm a doula as well. Mm -hmm. So the backup that uh, she had selected for herself was the woman, this woman and I back each other up when I, I'm active as a doula. Oh, nice. So she came over to the house. The senior midwife came to the house. Um, and by then, it was probably about midnight. Um, regular contractions. Um, but the midwife was concerned that I was going to run out of gas. So sent everyone to bed. Uh, I tried to sleep unsuccessfully, but at least... Uh, uh, at least everybody else could get some sleep. I spent a lot of time walking back and forth. Uh, I think I, I peed probably every five minutes, uh, going back and forth throughout the night from the bathroom to the bed, bathroom to the bed. Uh, woke up in the morning, um, was checked at five, labored some more, just walking around the house. I, lo- I set up the birth, I sorry, my husband set up the birth pool. I took one look at it and I said, that looks like the worst thing in the world right now. <laughs> I, You couldn't pay me money to get in that yeah. thing. So I just... Uh, I don't know if it had to do with just I'm a little bit claustrophobic. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to be able to move and stay vertical. Right. Uh, at 8 o'clock, uh, I felt sick and I, I turned to my kitchen sink and vomited all in my kitchen sink. At the same time, I thought I had peed myself, but it turned out my, it was my water breaking. Oh, okay. uh, you know, I'm telling, yelling at everybody, telling them, you know, I'm so stupid. Why am I doing this again? This is ridiculous. Uh, felt a lot of pressure. 
So um, started just pushing instinctually. Um, now my second baby, I pushed once and she was born. So once the midwife told me, oh, that's your amniotic flow, I'm like, awesome. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm ready to be done with this. N- not so much. Um, I pushed and I pushed and I pushed uh, all over my house, walking up and down the stairs, falling asleep on my feet, literally, um, until the, the midwives basically conferred among themselves and said, okay, this this has to happen um, now because you're getting exhausted. So I ended up on my back in my bed, which was the last position that I wanted to be in, um, with my husband holding up one foot and my doula holding up the other foot. Um, and I pushed up my baby and they said, told me to reach down and, and grab your baby. And I did. And so I was the first one as I pulled her up to my chest and saw that it was a little girl. So, and I, I kind of had a feeling that, uh, that was a little girl as well. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, yeah, so I've been at home until pretty much, uh, today. Just, <laughs> this is just, re- just recovering. What a great date. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coming out to Pals. Yeah. Yeah. So it was in, in, in that probably the best part of the whole birth was just, um, being, monitored carefully, but not feeling like I was being watched. Uh, and two hours after the after the birth, everything was cleaned up. And my other daughters were in school and daycare. So my husband and I collapsed into bed with a baby. Um, and it was wonderful. Uh, we just have had a, a wonderful postpartum uh, period of just me and my baby uh, and my family around me. So. I love that. Mm-hmm. So a, a good home birth experience for very you. Much no so. transferring, no anything like no, that. No, very, very hard, though. I yeah. mean, um, yeah. probably the the hardest of all my three births. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. So, but now, why do you think this one end. was a little bit more difficult? Um, I think some of it was just uh, due to some pelvic floor support issues. Mm-hmm. They actually uh, had to hold kind of my pelvic floor out of the way. It was almost like a, my midwife was, it was like it was like a human speculum, basically, okay. kind of pushing my pushing uh, my my pelvic floor out of the way so the baby could descend. I didn't mention baby was nine pounds fourteen ounces. But you've had so big babies in the past. I have, and yeah. and that might have something to do with kind of the pelvic floor issues uh, that surfaced during this birth. Right, so. Right. Um, yeah, so so with number two, it was like, oh, you know, it was it was so quick, you know, yeah, and it was yeah. intense. Uh, but uh, I felt that, uh, you know, oh, I could just do this again. This was exhausting, hard work, you know, just on my back, not where I wanted to be. Uh, so yeah, after this one, I think I think we're pretty set with with our three with our three girls. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't think my husband wants to risk paying for four weddings, <laughs> um, and and one's vagina is better inside of your body and not outside of your body. So you know, just, I think my pelvic floor has had enough of ten pound babies. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so we're but we're it. we're very happy with our family, and um, I'm I'm very happy with how this birth yeah. uh, turned out. So oh well, Annie, mm-hmm. what a great story, and thank you for being here today and for sharing it. We You're really welcome. appreciate it. So if you guys have a birth story that you want to share, we want to hear it. If you can give it in five minutes or less, you can call our voicemail. The number is 619-866-4775 and leave us a message and we'll play it on our show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Maintaining a healthy body image during pregnancy can be challenging, especially during your latter trimesters, when all of your body parts start to get a little bit bigger than normal. Today we're joined by Lindsay Stenovic. She is a registered dietitian. She's also the owner of NutritionInstincts.com, and she's here to help us feel a little bit more confident about our pregnant bodies. So Lindsay, welcome to Preggy Pals. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's start off by talking about when we say healthy body image, what in the world does that mean? How would you define that? Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, there probably isn't just one definition of what a healthy body image is, and I think it's unique for every individual, but generally, you know, it's going to be, um, you know, sound beliefs and emotions in respect to your body and yourself um, and your entire body, not just what your body looks like. Uh, it may be neutral, it may be positive, kind of depending on the individual. Um, you know, but but at the end of the day, accepting your body as it is um, is a very uh, healthy way to feel about the body. Now, I have to ask the ladies here in the studio, um, when you think back, and it, this could be any pregnancy that you've had, um, overall, do you feel like you did a pretty good job with having a healthy body image, or is this something that you struggled with? Rachel, what do you think? Well, I think in the very first trimester, it was a little astounding to me that you know, the second I peed on the stick, my pants didn't fit. So I was like, oh, that was fast. But after I kind of got over that, I just went to the store, got some bigger pants, and I was totally happy to gain that extra weight. I knew it wasn't from eating cupcakes and bonbons right. and fries, you know, so I was very conscious about the foods I was eating because it was not only nourishing myself, but now nourishing my growing baby. So I just feel like really if you are eating the things that are best for you for your baby that weight that you're going to gain is necessary weight and it's healthy weight and it comes off when the baby comes out yeah. see I, I think I knew that um, academically I knew that in my <laughs> mind my emotions were a different um, a different thing altogether and I think some of it too had to do with my profession at the time you know I was around I, I was uh, in the Navy um, and, and I guess I say this pregnancy, this third pregnancy, uh, where I'm no longer active duty, uh, I'm, I'm just around Navy people, you know, there's some harsh comments, you know, and I don't think that the being around kind of this tough macho environment, people think it's okay to just say whatever is is on their mind, you know, and uh, and especially when I was active duty, it was a lot of pressure of like, you have to look a certain way. Which is totally unrealistic when you are pregnant and growing a human being. Right. So uh, that was very hard for me emotionally. You know, I could be told, oh, it might even be a backhanded comment of like, well, wow, Annie, you look great. You know, so much better than, you know, Lieutenant so-and-so who gained 60 pounds. Gosh, she looks awful, but, but you look great. And then I would go home and go, do I really look great? I don't know. You know, it was he, you know, I know he meant that well, but it, it doesn't make me feel <laughs> any better, right. you know. Right. So what, if he's saying that about her, are other people saying that type of thing about me? Sure. Um, so that was very hard for me. Yeah. So, um, Lindsay, how important is it to have a healthy body image during pregnancy? I would say it's it's crucial. Um, you know, it's a really sensitive time. Your body is going through a lot of changes, um, and your life is going to be going through a lot of changes as well, um, especially post-delivery. And so um, being able to have a positive sense of self, self um, you know, accepting both parts of your body that you're not crazy about and accepting parts of, of your body that you are crazy about, that it is normal to not love every single piece of the, you know, the changes you experience in pregnancy, but there's a very different 
a big difference between having some pieces that you don't care for, but it doesn't change the way you feel about yourself um, or if influence your quality of life. Um, so when it does become overwhelming and it is influencing your quality of life and it is influencing the way you are going about self-care and your pregnancy, you know, that's when it's um, even more of a concern, of course. Yeah, you know, I think you bring up a really good point, and it's not that we have to like everything about what's happening to us. It's that we have to accept it, you know, and not try to fight it. And I think, you know, sometimes when we think about having a healthy body image, we think, I have to love everything. And I'll tell you right now, ladies, there's a lot of stuff happening with my body that I do not love. You know, and I'll look down, I'll be like, oh my gosh, where did those ankles come from? Those cankles, you know, or, you know, where the spider veins, what's going on there? Or, you know, just looking in a, a you know, a full body mirror or whatever, you know, as I'm getting into the shower, I'm like, oh, well, the belly's cute, but man, I don't want to check out what's happening in, in the back, you know? Um, but, but, but then, and, but then I know, I know, okay, A, this is temporary. Um, and, and B, I'm growing two human beings right now, you know, so I think we have to give ourselves, you know, cut ourselves a little bit of slack. And I think that's an important distinction to make is you don't have to love everything. You just have to understand the process and not be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, why do you think that we are so hard on ourselves? You know, we, we tend to blame everything on the media, maybe. That is rightfully so. But I mean, in your professional opinion, you know, why do we beat ourselves up so much? I think there's no doubt that there is an influence culturally and, you know, from the media. There's mm -hmm. no doubt about that. Um, I think that culturally as women, you know, it can be commonplace to body bash and fat talk and, you know, kind of get carried away with each other and talking about our latest diets and um, uh, different body image issues um, and get kind of carried away in that way and almost become so normal that we think it's that it is normal, you know, or it's so common that it is normal and that it's okay and that we do have to kind of deal with that and live that way, but we don't. Um, you know, like you said, we can learn to accept the pieces that we like and don't like um, and also feeling okay about talking about what's difficult about that. So instead of kind of on the surface level talking about everything that we hate, talking about really what's difficult about the changes that we're experiencing, um, you know, and, and that's okay too and not feeling bad about feeling bad about your body. Right. Yeah. So that creates, you know, generates more shame and guilt. And yeah, know. it's nice to have support in that. I mean, because anybody who's ever been pregnant knows that this is just a part of it. It's something you go through. So having friends, family, even your husband, you're like, I don't like my kinkles, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't change them. And it really, it does come back to acceptance. But it is hard, not only from the media and not even from necessarily people you are talking to. But maybe you see another pregnant woman at the store and yeah. she looks so much cuter than mm -hmm. you. Or how come her arms aren't getting fat like mine? And how is it all <laughs> just staying right there? Who are these people? And yeah. At the same time, they have no control over that. So right. it's putting our own, you know, we're projecting our own insecurities mm -hmm. and then they're getting fortified just on a day-to-day -day basis, not even just in media, but just from somebody walking down the street. There's a great part in the movie, What to Expect When You're Expecting, and th there's two characters, um, and, and one of them has every pregnancy-related symptom that you could possibly <laughs> have. And then the other one is her, I don't know, it's like, like her husband's uh stepmom or something but she's actually younger than she is like like yeah. you know like yeah. uh like she's like you know 25 or something and you know this other woman's like 35 uh but anyway so <laughs> so she visits her at, at her store basically the one with all all the symptoms and as she's walking out 
uh, the her and the, the the store owner and the assistant are looking at her going, she's seven months pregnant and she's wearing six inch heels. She's like a pregnancy unicorn, like <laughs> no cellulite, no nothing, but you know, just some mythical w- creature. Exactly. You know, and, and, and when we do that, we, we look at these other women and go, gosh, and it's you know, hard. it is very hard. I have a friend uh, whose husband is stationed in Japan right now. Um, you know, and, and, and she's spoken about that. And, and again, people don't want, especially in that culture, you don't want to shame anyone or make anyone feel bad, but you know, she would be 20 weeks pregnant um, and they assume that she's full term because on, on the whole, Japanese women just don't get as big as American women do. It's not a devi- as advice for them. You know, I gained 45 pounds consistently each pregnancy and it comes off. Right. It does. Right. Um, you know, and that's not something that my care providers, you know, concerned about. I'm very, you know, fit and, and very healthy and I eat well during my pregnancies. But that same 40, I know if I you know moved to Japan where my friend is, um, that would be very much scrutinized. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just, it seems like different country to country and culture to culture, as you were saying. Absolutely. Every woman carries differently and it's going to have, every woman has a different body type, period. And in, that includes in pregnancy. Um, and we have to kind of challenge the, the immediate reactions that we have too, and that we see a woman who looks different and automatically our reaction is, oh, maybe that's better than the way that I look in my pregnancy or she's caring better. Where did we get that message? How did we develop that belief that one is better than the other when you know, that's not the case? Um, you know, And I do think, of course, media does play into that. We hear these messages all the time. Either someone gained too much weight or didn't get enough weight. And, mm-hmm. you know, God, poor Kim Kardashian. You I know. know. Oh, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> I feel bad for her. I mean, I don't like her at all. You know, don't <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but, but you still don't want to see people. You know, you know what? As, as, as a human being, as a pregnant human being, that was awful. What what she had to deal with, it Horrific. really was. And, yeah. and and she mentioned afterwards how hurtful those comments were in the tabloids. I mean, how oh, could yeah. they yeah. not be? The, the, yeah. And you know what? Something else that I think um, the body image issues stem from are certain care providers. In my mm-hmm. classes, we talk about nutrition heavily throughout my series, and I always get at least two to three moms who aren't really necessarily maybe buying what I'm saying because their doctor told them that they shouldn't gain over 25 to 30 pounds, or they yeah. went to their last appointment and their doctor weighed them and they said, I don't want you to gain any more weight till your next appointment, which is just lunacy. I went... Um, with my son Levi, I was doing a planned home birth, but I did dual care with a, an OBGYN for a few appointments just to do my labs and stuff. And, you know, on the back end. And <laughs> one day I went in for just a normal appointment and it was raining. And I had jeans, leather boots, cute, you know, knee high wool socks top, scarf, and... All very, all very lightweight things. You very. Right. Yeah. And a wool jacket. And they weighed me in everything that I was wearing. So I go into the appointment, doctor's looking over my chart, and he's like, wow, you have gained a lot of weight since your last appointment. No joke. And I was wet. It was oh raining. Oh my gosh. Told me I had gained a lot of weight, and then told me he didn't want me to gain more than two pounds until he saw me next. He wasn't going to see me for almost a month and a half. How is that even possible? And these are, you know, fairly decent providers right. in the area that are giving these recommendations right. to women. Mm-hmm. And there did he once try to talk to me about my diet 
Did he once try to bring up anything that had to do with nutrition? And, oh, what are you eating? Tell me about, you know, your habits. How's your lifestyle? No, right. nothing. Just don't just, just do the, just that. The, the number on the scale. Number on the scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very common. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure on doctors to discuss weight with pregnant women and with clients in general right now, I think. Um, but at the end of the day, it's how you're taking care of yourself that matters most. And when a medical provider is telling a woman, I don't want you to gain too much weight or I don't want you to gain more weight, what's a woman to do? I mean, we're living in a dieting culture and dieting is probably going to be the first thing that that woman turns to to try and control that. How else are you going? And actually dieting pregnant and non-pregnant actually leads to more weight gain in the end um, and is extremely unhealthy for your pregnancy, for your baby, for you, for your emotional well-being. So really being able to take that information, um, apply it to your own life and kind of and and even share, you know, well, I'm curious because these are the things I'm doing. Do you really think that that is harmful or do you think I may be just, you know, gaining a little bit more weight because that's just the way I am? Right. Yeah. What, Lindsay, would you say are some of the the common warning signs for women who have an unhealthy body image? Like, because, I mean, I think we all kind of go through some self-doubt, but that doesn't mean that we have an unhealthy body image. So what would you say is that defining line or, you know, what's the criteria we should be looking for there? Sure, sure. So a significant increase in negative thoughts, um, feeling consumed and overwhelmed by the negative thoughts about your body, um, changes in your eating or exercise and response to feeling badly about your body or weight, um, missing social activities due to body dissatisfaction, um, or feeling like you need to miss social activities to go work out instead, feeling pressure to do do that, Um, and any severe mood changes that you're noticing, you know, you you know, feel uncomfortable with your body or get on the scale and you notice a a change in your mood as a result. So those are just some um, of the kind of red flags that you want to pay attention to. Okay. Thank you. Well, when we come back, we'll discuss how having a healthy body image can improve your pregnancy and even the childbirth experience you have. Plus, what are some of the most common fears women have about their pregnant bodies and how can we overcome them? We'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. Today we're discussing how to have a healthy body image during pregnancy and totally spelled your name wrong. <laughs> what is it? Stinnabed now. It's <laughs> suddenly your name was changed. Okay, I'm going to try this again. Welcome back. Today we're discussing how to have a healthy body image during pre- during pregnancy and Lindsay Stenovic, a registered dietitian, is our special expert today. So Lindsay, how can having a healthy body image lead to better pregnancy and even a childbirth experience? Great question. I mean, as we've been discussing, there are so many changes that a woman is experiencing um, as she, you know, experiences pregnancy and heads towards the delivery, childbirth. And there's a lot of 
um, places to focus your energy during that time. You know, plan for self-care, plan for the type of delivery and birth experience that you, you know, want. Um, Plan for after the baby, your feeding strategies, your parenting. You know, there's so much to focus on. Um, And it can actually, you know, focusing on negative thoughts about the body or or your weight can actually, um, you know, of course, it's placing energy in an area where is not probably very effective or helpful, but actually can um, just be a distraction in terms of, you know, when we feel overwhelmed um, or we're having a hard time tolerating a lot of change or negative emotions, it can be very easy to focus on surface level things like weight and body image. So sometimes it really is about the weight and body image and sometimes it's about underlying things. And so really challenging that too um, is important so that you can make room for all of the all of the new things coming to you with the, with the pregnancy and childbirth. So ladies here in the studio, um, how did your perception of your body, how, how do you think that impacted your previous pregnancies or even the childbirth experience? I think birth in itself takes a lot of confidence mm-hmm. and a lot of security, especially planning for the type of birth that I had planned for uh, home birth. So you really have to have that security within yourself. And if you have negative body image, really negativity surrounding anything, but especially having to deal with the body that created the baby that's going to have to birth the baby and do the work, the body that you're relying on for this whole process. If you are beating that up, it's probably not going to end very well. And that can inhibit your labor progression. It could really destroy your whole vision of the birth that you'd been seeking. So it's really important to have that peace and at the end of the day that acceptance and that gratefulness to your body for allowing you to grow a baby Mm -hmm. and put that belief in yourself. For me, I think it spilled more over on the breastfeeding relationship, particularly with my firstborn, because I didn't have a lot of confidence, uh, or if, if I did have confidence, it was a lot of bravado. But, you know, deep inside myself, I knew how I really felt about how my body was changing. So to hear something like, you know, and again, my husband didn't mean it in a mean way, but I know he was scared after I gave birth and I looked like I was still six months pregnant. Um, so that, that hurt deeply. Uh, and then to go from, okay, well, I had this birth that was, you know, really kind of tough and not what I expected. And then to go into now I have to, now this body, the one that I've been bad-mouthing, you know, deep down, has to provide for and feed this other human being. And so it really, I think, took away a lot of the confidence of, do I really know what the heck I'm doing with breastfeeding? No, I have no idea because I took <laughs> childbirth classes, you know, I didn't yeah. take breastfeeding classes or, I, you know, I took a three-hour class or something like that of like, and I'm like, oh, it just seems so easy, so natural. Well, you know, just because it's natural doesn't mean that it's easy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you guys say? I'm just going to open this up to everybody here. So just kind of shout some stuff out as it comes to mind. What do you think are some of the most common fears, um, issues that women have with their bodies when they're pregnant? That they're it? never going to go back. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's back. Not, yeah, absolutely. Number one. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think so. You know, I was like this cute size, you know, whatever, you know, pick a number, size two, size six, size 10, you know, yeah. uh, wh- whatever you were. And that, you know, your body isn't going to snap back. So, and then it's hard when you're an experienced mom of like, hey, the size might go back, but your body is forever changed. 
Uh, that's scary to hear, I think, as a first-time mom, too. Yes. Because you're like, well, how? Yeah. How is it going to change? Like, I'm yeah. used to when I'm used to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think one thing, um, after I had my first son, I was all about getting back into shape afterwards. I was like, okay, I am going to beat the odds. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever. And I talked to um, someone who was helping me um, – like, kind of like a physical trainer or whatever, personal trainer. And um, and she said, you know, your body is never going to be the same, but it can even be better. It can be better. And that was the first time I heard someone approach it from that angle of like, how? I just had this huge baby. Like, how can it be better? Um, and um, But, but I, th- I think that's really empowering to hear is that it's okay if it's different. And it's I think it's even okay to be scared when you don't know what that different means. But to know that it can be better in a lot of different ways. Life in general can be better in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's important to hear. Yeah. I was in the best, was, <laughs> was in the best shape of my life <laughs> years ago. Thank you, Gail. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> no, after I had her, I started working out, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe a few months later. I was like, oh, I should probably do something. I have energy. She's good to go. So I actually signed up with Stroller Strides. Oh, yeah. And that was amazing. I was in the best shape I'd ever been in my entire life. And I was only going to maybe three days a week, but I feel like, just having a really positive attitude and bringing her with me was great. Right. And having all these moms that were also supportive who also had the body changes, who we could gripe about it as we we're doing abs, like, this is ridiculous. I didn't <laughs> have this before when I was crunching. Like, or you're planking and you have no control over the bottom half. Yeah. So I think, yeah, body image really just is one of those things that never goes away it's just always evolving well it's so interesting you talk about you know and i've done stroller strides as well it's so great i'm very uh to to bring your kids with you to to work out um but what an important not even not even having that like a specific conversation pulling aside my eight-year-old and saying let's talk about body image today right you know (laughs) but that's i don't think that's nearly as effective as mom not Bad mouthing, you know, for me, Annie Laird, not bath- bad mouthing my body, you know, talking positively about my body, you know, and not that I have to be happy go lucky about it all the time, but, you know, hey, I'm making good food choices, you know, and, and, uh, you know, there's, there's things that I'd like to change, and these aren't bad things, but I just want to live in a healthier way. So this is why I cook the certain way that I do. And this is why I take the time away from you to go and exercise. Um, and to put a more positive or at least a, a neutral focus on it. I feel, you know, and I don't have any sons. So I have three daughters. So I feel very strongly with my daughters about building that up so that they, uh, I model that behavior for them. A hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Lindsay, are there other things, other big, big issues that women struggle with that we haven't talked about here as far as body image is concerned? Big fears? I think you've all brought up some really um, common things that I hear from clients that I work with, and probably the one that Annie just mentioned is one of the biggest ones that as a dietitian I end up working with moms on is just the fear that, you know, I know what it's like to have a, a poor body image, and the last thing I want for my daughter or my son, you know, is to have an unhealthy body image, and how do I model that if I'm having trouble internalizing it myself? Um, so I think that that's really important to bring up um, and important to recognize that there is an influence that can be had and that's not to make moms feel like there's one more thing that they have to be responsible for or do or to feel badly about um but more from an empowering perspective that this is and this is a a time where you know we can choose to pass something else down 
maybe different than maybe what was passed down to us or, you know, how we've lived. So. So, Lindsay, do you have any tips for women who are trying to improve their body image just to have an overall, you know, healthier, you know, thought or opinion of themselves? Like what, what tips would you have for them? Absolutely. First and foremost, something we've been discussing is acceptance, accepting that it, that things are going to change and ex- um, having a clear understanding of what might be changing. So talking to you know other women that you trust in your life of what pregnancy was like for them and what are some body changes that you can expect and feel ready for instead of having it kind of blindside you with, you know, it's something that women don't always talk about is all of the, the nitty gritty when it comes to change in pregnancy. Um, setting boundaries with loved ones, you know, what is comfortable for you? Again, touching, talking, um, what types of comments feel okay and which ones don't. Uh, getting rid of those tabloids that bash women. I know that said a lot done. of women like to read those, but um, there are studies that look at um, sense of body image and worth in women that read those um, before and after, and it does decrease um, for a lot of women. And so, you know, as hard as it is, de- you know, decreasing the use of that and surrounding yourself with more positive um media, which I can provide some links on the website when this is posted. Um, Using your body to give you information about how much food you need. Intuitive eating, if anyone is interested, is a great resource. Mindful eating resources are helpful. Finding movement that you enjoy um, and isn't just used to lose weight. You know, the movement that we truly enjoy isn't always the same thing as the movement that we do to lose weight. I think that's really important because movement is, is... you know, helpful for mood management, uh, decreasing uh, postpartum depression or any depression for that matter, helping with um, emotion regulation. Uh, It's just, you know, helping your body actually heal from the birth. So that's really important too. And getting rid of the scale. If you you need to, you know, monitor your weight in the pregnancy, let your doctor do it and let them know that unless your doctor feels very strongly that there is a health issue in respect to your weight gain or lack thereof, that they will bring it up and finding a medical practitioner that respects your boundaries in that way as well and is sensitive to that and can listen to you so so when you're at your prenatal appointment you know when you have to step on the scale and do all this lovely stuff sometimes I just look away sometimes I'm just like (laughs) you know what today I don't really need to know what that scale says (laughs) I've had friends who have just turned their back to the number yeah um and said I, I don't want to know um this past pregnancy it's it's like clockwork for me a certain week that I always have a meltdown to my medical care provider um of just like oh, I just can't deal with this number on the scale um this past pregnancy I just stopped wearing myself and that was an agreement that my midwife and I made with each other and said okay you know your part of the contract is is that you are going to stop with the ice cream mm-hmm. which was killer uh you know <laughs> Well, but you're that you're going to eat healthy, and in exchange, you don't have to weigh yourself anymore, you know. And I'll monitor you. I, I can, you know, she's like, I, I can tell through your blood pressure, through any swelling, just with your overall look, yeah. if you're keeping up your end of the deal. So I think that's a little unusual of like being able to work out something with a care provider saying. I'm just not going to weigh myself anymore. I'm I'm not going to do it. You know, <laughs> you know so. I think that's one of the best things my mom ever did. Is we never had a scale in our house. I've never grown up weighing myself. I've never grown up seeing my mom fixate over what number she was. I, the only time I've ever been weighed is if I go to the doctor, which is usually only when I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I really hold no stock in what number my body is. Mm-hmm. 
It can hold such power over you. I mean, I, my head, uh, an ex-sister-in-law, she weighed herself in the morning and in the evening. I would go crazy. And what? It, I would go crazy. Daily? Yeah, da- da- twice daily. I oh have friends gosh. like that. And They wake up, yeah. they pee, they weigh themselves. Yeah. It's, oh, it's wow. insane. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I was doing because I, I got so nuts about it that my on the days of my mid and that's what it led to the conversation with my midwife was what I was doing was I would get up, I would pee, you know, I would because in, in, with the, generally with the home birth midwife you wait yourself, they don't wait you, and there's no nurse there to do that. So yeah, I, it was she found out that I was waking up in the morning, I was peeing, I got took on my neck gown and I weighed, and that was my weight because I knew that was my lowest weight, right, right. and it was driving me. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't healthy and it wasn't fostering a good relationship of the strength that my body needed in order to have a home birth. So so we just got rid of that aspect and had focused more on, on nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, a good idea. Yeah, that's definitely a red flag for women if they are feeling the need to weigh every day or twice a day, that that is a huge red flag. Um, and if any of the things that I've mentioned feel difficult to accomplish or even just think about moving towards finding you know a therapist or dietitian that specializes in these areas to just talk to someone um, is really important too for sure okay well thank you Lindsay, for joining us today for more information about our expert and our panelists you can visit the episode page on our website this conversation continues for members of our preggy pals club after the show we'll discuss ways friends and family can help to help you improve your overall image your body image both during and after pregnancy for more information about our club visit preggypals.com families have a lot going on Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, we always love to hear from our listeners. I want to read to you guys a uh, question from one of our listeners. This comes from Mary, and she wrote to us on our Facebook page. Mary says, I need some advice on how to better communicate with my husband. All we do is snap at each other. (laughs) I've been asking um, for his help to get the baby's room ready for months, and yet very little gets done. It's frustrating when guests come to visit, and they ask why the crib, gifts, etc. are all lying on the floor and how they can help. Can you offer offer any advice on how I can get through to him? Well, Mary, we decided to ask our resident dad psychologist, Dr. Danny Singley. Hi, Mary. My name is Dr. Dan Singley, and I'm a clinical psychologist specializing in men's issues with a particular emphasis in new fatherhood. That's actually not all that uncommon. And particularly, your dad-to-be's hesitance about getting involved with putting together the baby room and, and so on is likely to be part and parcel of, of a larger sense of either, you know, concern, anxiety, or just feeling overwhelmed and, and not sure where to start. That relates to communication, and I'll come back to that in just a second. Um, one of the things that most commonly will sort of snap dads to be out of that space is to start doing some of the real nitty-gritty concrete planning for the birth. So things like um, going and taking the hospital tour really gets the head in the game about, okay, we're, we're going to be doing this here very shortly. Uh, i got to get ready for it. Um, similarly, 
sitting down and uh, doing a birth plan about, you know, when we're ready to go, here's where we're going to go, that's what we're going to do. It'll also draw into very sharp relief that, you know, this is going to happen and, and there are some steps we need to take. Now, all that said, the case may be that that's just not his role and, and the putting together of the of the baby gear itself isn't isn't really how he sees his, his role. And um, what you might do is then sort of explore, okay, well, what are some other ways? Like maybe get him involved in helping to um, to vet pediatricians or to uh, look at other ways that uh, you know he can help provide for your impending bundle of joy. Back to the communication point. Generally speaking, I, I recommend working on how to communicate assertively. Uh, in, in common usage, folks tend to think of assertive communication and as aggressive, but it's not. Assertive means working very hard to understand and to be understood, which means active listening and all those other um, skills that uh, that you learn. And what that looks like is instead of, instead of going on the offense or sort of falling on your sword, you can use a very straightforward technique, which is goes like this. It's a template. When you do blank, and blank has to be an observable behavior, then I feel blank. And this blank has to be a feeling word. Final part is, and in the future, I wish that you would blank. And again, this has to be a concrete, observable behavior. And so in your sense, it might look like sitting down and saying, hi, um, honey, when you don't agree to put the crib together, I feel frustrated and concerned about, about your interest in being a father and a partner to me. And in the future, um, when I ask you to put it together, uh, I would really appreciate it if you would do so. Something along those lines. It keeps the communication straightforward. Um, there are a number of other things that you could do. Google assertive communication techniques and you're likely to find some winners. I hope this information has been helpful, and good luck in your journey towards parenthood. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, the boob group for moms who breastfeed their babies, and Twin Talks for parents of multiples. Next week, we're getting the 411 on pregnancy ultrasounds. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.